Hi, everyone. You're listening to episode number 13 of the Elysium Project podcast. I'm your host, Brian Johnson. Well, it's been a while, hasn't it? Actually, almost three months now since we've posted a podcast. I just wanted to say that I'm really grateful for all the listeners who found their way to Elysium Project in 2018. In only 12 episodes, we have had thousands of downloads between iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. As with anything in life, keeping on top of creating content is a habit. With the launch last month, I had to shift my focus to ensuring that went as planned, and in the process fell out of the loop of posting regular episodes. Additionally, I've really wanted to ensure the sound quality of these podcasts is the best that it can possibly be, so I've taken some measures to improve the recording and editing process. It is a new year, and going forward, we really do plan to put out consistent and quality content for the world to enjoy. In November, our website, www.elysiumproject.tv, went live, and in the spring, we'll be creating a ton of videos for YouTube and DTube, as well as an e-store on the website, where we'll have lots of unique booklets and educational content for sale. Also, our Patreon site at www.patreon.com slash TV has been freshly revamped with four tiers of monthly support to choose from. If you're a listener to the show, we really do need your support to help pay the fees which enable this vision to stay afloat. There's only a few of you on Patreon right now, so I'd like to set a goal of doubling that number by the end of this month. As more people sign up for Patreon, we'll do our best to post as much insider content as we can. You know, perhaps my vision of Elysium Project has exceeded what I'm capable of achieving right now, but I really do think in the coming months and years, there's room for incredible growth. Today, I'm speaking with Warren Zinger. Warren is an emotions and energy coach who I've had the chance to cross paths with in 2018. I found his perspective on life and spiritual growth to be really fascinating, so I wanted to invite him on the show for a conversation about his process. Warren, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks, Brian. Totally. So in the short time that I've known you, I've noticed you have a really interesting way of connecting with people and mirroring back to them in a really positive way what areas of their life and spiritual growth that they need to work on. I'm really curious today to talk to you about your process and what brought you to the point where you decided to be a coach uh, because you really listen to people in a unique way. Oh, well, thanks. Which way have you noticed? I've noticed I had a, when we were at the launch and Warren was at our, our launch celebration, by the way, uh, I had a, one of my friends who was there afterwards came up to me and said, Warren's a really good guy. You can tell he's really listening to you when, when you talk yeah. to him. So I think that the, the way in which you listen, that you really do give people the space to express themselves and you're not interjecting and trying to say, well, what, you know, I think a lot of life, I don't know, I don't have experience with uh, other life coaches, so to speak, but I feel that a lot of people in general don't fully listen to a person through. And I think that is one thing that you're doing and that I've noticed with your, your process. And then, um, I mean, obviously you're going to explain it better than myself, but you'll, the way in which you mirror a person's sort of emotions back to them so that they see without you even telling them what areas of their life or spiritual growth that they need to work on. Sure. I just did it to you. 
I just asked you a simple you question. Go. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little Jedi mind trick there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny is that in 2012, I think I got certified as a life coach. And the only reason I wanted to do that was to learn how to properly listen. Because in my own relationships, I found that I had a listening issue. I was incredibly intelligent. I was studying all of the books, all the gurus, all the courses. And then I wanted to go and tell everybody else how they're doing it. Essentially, I wanted to tell them how they could do it better, how I knew better than them. And it was coming from a place of ego. And over the years, as I uh, more so recently in the last, say, 24 months or so, um, as I really started to let go of the judgments and let go of the aversions and the expectations and whatnot in myself, what I find coming out of me is a significantly more loving energy, right? So when, uh, which, which translates into wisdom, like there's lots of times that I end up saying things and I don't remember what I say, but it's what somebody that, that heard it said, that's exactly what I need to, what I needed to hear today. And I don't remember what that is because I'm not in a place of judging and thinking and how is this wrong and how should it be better? It's just me being present, which is as an emotions energy coach, the only thing I teach is how to be present and aware. And in that spot of being present and aware is where all of our power lies. Um, through my own process, you know, of, of finding dozens of coaches that took my money and promised me X and delivered Y, uh, through that process, I ended up, you know, learning through contrast. But I, I found that the only way that I was really ever going to understand my own healing was for me to know me. So I had to learn how to become present and aware. And when I became present and aware, all of this knowledge, all this wisdom is just, it's just there for you to understand when you can, when you can get out of your head and get out of the, the cloudiness of your ego and that, that voice in your head, uh, what's left is just wisdom. It's just truth. That's what's left. What is true in this moment? Everything else we just perceive. So when somebody, you know, is, shows up in my world, as I say, uh, they show up in my world and they have some sort of emotion that's arisen. To talk about why or who or how or when doesn't serve anybody. That's how the whole, uh, the whole industry works that way. Um, and it's good for the industry, you know, it keeps people coming back. Um, mm. But what I like to do is just get you present in what are you feeling right now? What, like, what do you feel physically? Where do you feel it? How big is it? Let's become present and aware with the emotion that's here in this moment. And that's where all your power lies. So if you like, you know, took a piece of paper and you drew a line on it, that line is present in awareness. And that's where all the magic happens. And to the left of that paper is your past. That's where ego exists, telling you stories about the pains of the past. The, and then on the right side of that line is where all your fears of the future are. There's no magic in the ego. There's no magic in the past. There's no magic in the future. All of your healing, all of your magic exists on that thin little line of you being present and aware. There's nothing else that needs to be done. When you are present and aware, everything that happens is. It just is. And it will just be right. When you're present and aware, the choices you make will come from a place of love because that's all that exists in presence and awareness. You cannot have a judgment 
of somebody else, of some situation. You cannot have an expectation of something and be present. Expectations are what do you want to happen in the future? That's ego. You can't have an aversion to, I don't want this thing to end up being like it was last year. Right. That's ego. There is nothing but pure magic living here in this present moment. So, you know, you can, you can intellectualize all of your problems forever um, and really go around in circles all day, every day. And you can get really, really smart, intellectually smart. But training the brain and training the mind are very different. When you train that mind to quiet uh, and to, to utilize the power of, of being present and aware, I, I don't even know how to express how magical it is. It's mm. just such a, there, there's nothing but peace. There's nothing but love mm-hmm. in that moment. So that's what I teach. How did you get to that point where you decided or you learned, I assume you've had mentors, as you say, you went to a certification program you went through, was that where you um, developed your methods of coaching people to the present moment awareness? Um, I'm just curious because it does seem like you have a unique approach compared to a lot of the life coaches that are out there in terms of what you just said. What does it feel like? Where is it? Right. Um, this whole process, I guess, like I'd have to say if we're going to go a little deeper that this was just, it was meant to be, I was just on this path. It, it, I didn't know which path I was on. And then all of a sudden one day it was clear that this was just the path I've always been on. I was meant to be here where I'm at. Mm. But, uh, what led me to this was, uh, you know, if I wrote down on paper, what my childhood was like, it would be amazing. Everything was wonderful. Um, as far as, you know, writing it down on paper, but somehow I still came out of my childhood traumatized. Like there were still things that, you know, take a toy away from a kid. It's traumatizing. Mm -hmm. Like everything's traumatizing. Uh, it's, it's like the goal of every parent is to make sure no kid ever gets traumatized. And that's an impossible task because that's not their purpose. If this kid was going to grow up not traumatized, then they would be enlightened and they wouldn't need to live this life. Like it's just, so you can take the pressure off yourself. There's, you know, it's not... It's not your job to 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 stop them from having their experience. It's your job to love. That's it. Uh, but when I grew up and I, you know, I became an adult, I was manifesting my life really, really well through uh, my first, say, twenty years until I started intellectualizing how and why. And then I got greedy, and then out came the ego. And then when I started understanding this process, you know, the law of attraction became popular at that time back in the early 2000s. And I started sabotaging myself. What used to be an effortless manifestation of anything that I was really, you know, focused on became this self-sabotage. And it was, it was a wonderful and grateful experience to self-sabotage constantly until I hit rock bottom. And as soon as I let go, as soon as I stop trying to control everything and I just throw my hands up and say, all right, I have, I have nothing left to lose. That's when I'd manifest again. As soon as I stop trying so hard, as soon as I just get out of my head, throw my hands up, say like, you know what, whatever. I just take it how it comes. As soon as I got into a place of acceptance, that's when I'd manifest again. And I'd manifest something bigger than the last one. And then I'd have this ego that'd be scared of losing it, scared of this, hold on real tight. And it's like holding on to water. The harder you squeeze it, the less you have, right? Um, so 
through my through my 20s i continuously had these experiences of build something wonderful and self-sabotage and i remember one of the big turning points i was living in scottsdale arizona i went to the grocery store and i get up to the till and it was say 21 dollars whatever it says would you like to donate a dollar to save these animals and i was like sure and I hear this voice in my head that says, you don't have that. You don't have money to give to, to save animals. You got to take care of yourself first, right? Mm-hmm. And I just go like, oh, what the, you know, and I just walk away like I've just been verbally abused by myself. And I go home. And a couple of days later, I go back to the grocery store. It's just down the street. And they say, would you like to donate a dollar to save these animals? And I'm like, uh, no, thanks. And I hear this voice in my head that says, you don't have a dollar to save animals. You sell it. And it starts mm-hmm. verbally abusing me again, right? And I was like, I cannot win. I can't win this battle. So at this point in time, I really like started focusing on what is it going on inside my head. Um, and I started searching for anyone that had the answer. And I read books and I book after book after book. I took courses, classes, meditations all over the place. Any guru that told me they could solve this problem. And what I did a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, I decided I'm not going to search outside of myself ever again. I am going to stop reading, stop asking, stop looking, stop searching. I'm just going to figure out who is me. And this is when everything changed. What ends up happening is I went from analyzing how did somebody else do it in their past and then think about what am I going to have in my future if I do what they did I could be rich like them if I do this then I can get that all the time living this life out of this attachments to outcomes expectations aversions to past never present Hmm. and and when I stopped reading books and I stopped taking courses and I stopped coaching which is you know it's totally counterintuitive I'm a coach I'm telling you Know thyself. If if you're ready, know thyself is more important than, than anybody coming or finding another coach or reading another book. Put them down. Put them down and start to figure out who am I? Who am I? What do I feel right now? What is it right now that I feel? You know, that when when I started doing that, my life started changing. When when you start to understand the energy that's inside of me the emotions that arise inside of me when this situation comes into my life was actually caused by the emotion that I'm now feeling. It was not a product of the situation. This feeling manifested the situation so that it would bring that energy to the surface. Right. The soul is always trying to heal itself. So now you get to this place where you're excited every time you feel some shitty large hunk of energy that comes up and now you're going through depression or anxiety or whatnot, you start getting excited. Well, there's no real suffering when you're excited that something, you know, that you got some feeling. We'd call it bad just, you know, to converse, I guess. But but there was, you know, I was, I was enjoying this. And at this point in time, I when you start enjoying it, you stop having these expectations and aversions and attachments. You start being present with this feeling because now you're not trying to suppress your depression or hide it or be embarrassed about it or... Um, you know, distract yourself from your anxiety by watching movies or sports or going out for a beer or venting to your friends. You don't do these anything. So now you can be present and aware with the feeling. Well, as soon as you stop reacting to the feeling, the feeling leaves. So now you can thank the situation for happening, whether it was somebody said something rude to you or 
somebody, whatever, this situation, whatever the cycle is that you're living, it's happening to you. Having an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, you can just, you can just be now. Now it doesn't matter what's going on. You can just be happy and loving. And if you're being happy and loving, then like, what can't you accomplish? Like now you can direct your happy, loving, positive energy towards whatever it is you actually want in life instead of trying to constantly mend all of the attachments and aversions that you have to everything else. Um, so anyways, this a couple of years ago, I had a, uh, I, I, I started doing that for myself. It really started working. I started sharing it with my friends. Um, it worked for them. Uh, I have this natural mindset where I like to make things really simple. Sometimes I like to tell stories too, as you can tell, but, <laughs> but, uh, I, I like to make the process really simple. It's almost like there's a built in kind of need for almost laziness. Like it needs to be simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made it as simple as possible. It works really, really well. And, uh, all the, the entire purpose is to make you present and aware. That is it. Um, and here I am today, you know, where you, you feel, uh, you, right. you feel this energy of me, it's not something I'm putting on. It just kind of becomes this genuine feeling because I don't have an, a, an, a judgment. There's no expectation of what is this going to be? What is Brian got to do for me? Mm. You know, what? There, there's none of that. So I just hear being. Hmm. Make sense? Yeah. Absolutely makes sense. Good. <laughs> for myself, um, I think one of the reasons that I can relate to you so well, I've been on a, a path of Zen Buddhism. It was a big part of my spiritual journey and just kind of present moment awareness, meditation. Um, you talked about, you know, having gone to sort of different gurus and different paths. I'm just kind of curious what methods kind of brought you to realizing this what where did your spiritual journey take you great question um actually so a couple years ago i was working on a really big business acquisition you know many millions of dollars just before oil prices crashed Mm. so i kind of when that crashed um i went into depression and then the girlfriend who i thought was you know my forever Mm -hmm. told me to leave She's like, you, know, you got to give me some space. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm how, I'm the coolest thing around, of course. <laughs> and she's asking me to leave. So, you know, looking back on it, obviously I was needy and in a, in a little pity party and pointing fingers and blaming everybody, right? But right. at that time, I was just consumed with all of these attachments that I had built up, this image of ev- telling everybody how cool I am with what this, this thing that I'm working on. And, mm-hmm. and, I built myself up and then when it right. fell apart, hmm. I was sent home in, you know, in my early thirties back to mom's house. So hmm. my mom's like, well, what happened? And I go like, uh, the lawyer, this and the hmm. accountant, that and the sellers, this. And, and she looks at me and she just on her way out the room. She didn't want to listen to me. She says like, this is a Warren problem. And you know, I roll my eyes and be like, I can't stay here. This isn't going to work. My mom's going to hold me accountable. <laughs> I wasn't in that mood, right? So uh, I found out that there was 10 days of silent meditation called Vipassana meditation going on just a couple hours south of me uh, of central Alberta. They're all over the world. So look it up for the closest one. That's Vipassana meditation. But 
it's 10 days of silent meditation. And I thought, well, it's room and board and it's free. Hmm. Okay. I would rather do that than stay here at mom's house and get picked on for my bad attitude. So I ended up going to this meditation. It was all ego. Uh, like the ego thought, if I go meditate, if I take away, if they take away all my distractions, I'm going to go meditate. I'm going to come up with the solutions. I'm going to make lots of money. I'm going to win the girl back. And one day in, the ego's like, get me out of here because this is really bad for me. Mm. You know, the ego's like, we got to leave. Mm -hmm. So I stuck around um, and and I kind of call, you know, I, I call Vipassana meditation. I've done 10 of them since. I call Vipassana meditation like cardio, you know. It's yeah. it's good. It's not, a, it's not the all-round workout. It's really, really good for you, though. Mm -hmm. uh, I also do, you know, I've done a number of ayahuasca ceremonies, uh, and I call that my power lifting. You know, that's that's <laughs> the spiritual power lifting. But it was all ego that took me, in, like, on this journey. It was me thinking that I was going to use the law of attraction to make money and live the high life. And, uh, you know, the soul is always pulling you in the direction of healing. Uh, I've, I've learned that there is no getting away from it. You either embrace it or it just pummels you. It's just what it does. Because yes. it... It doesn't care about your feelings. It doesn't care about your ego. It knows it's infinite. It knows it's inc like infinitely powerful. It will decimate your poor little ego. <laughs> it's going to do it regardless. You might as well enjoy it, right? Go and give it a place where you can, can you know, kind of set yourself up to deal with it properly. So that's what I do. Ayahuasca ceremonies, Vipassana meditation, and then every day, a couple hundred times, I've developed a habit where I could just become present and aware with what do I feel right now? You know, when my brain starts running, I go, oh, what am I feeling right now? Because, you know, my analogy for these thoughts when your brain is running is kind of like there's a fire burning and then you're, you know, with fires, there's always smoke. So when the thoughts are running, that's just the smoke that's in your head and it's telling you all sorts of different stories, at least in my head anyways. It tells you all these different stories. And... When I was taught by most gurus and books and whatnot is to deal with changing your thinking. And that never worked for me. It never worked for anybody that I knew, actually. It's, it's not about the thinking because it, you wouldn't put out a fire by spraying water on the smoke. That's just not how we do it. You go to the emotion. What do you feel right now? Go, go deal with what you're actually feeling in this moment. And when the fire's out, the smoke's gone. So... Um, I don't actually remember my point where I started with this, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about, um, you know, what brought, what spiritual oh, yeah. paths you went down. Vipassana, you mentioned, that is another one that I've done as well, which is sort of mindfulness meditation. Is that what you, how you would kind of. Yeah, there's two yeah. steps to uh, to a Vipassana retreat, a 10-day retreat. There mm -hmm. is a, uh, you know, you start with Anapana where you, you start to focus the mind on a, a part of your nostril and then you the next day it's a little more condensed and the next day it's a little more focused and you just keep getting more and more focused until your mind is, is gets settled. Be like it gets very focused and you start to be able to sense things that are more subtle on your body. And then you start to observe the sensations on the body, um, which is the Vipassana meditation for the, for the last six days of the 10 day course. Is that um, how you pronounce it with the Vipassana? Vipassana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what ended up happening is I came home from Vipassana and I saw, you know, people would always ask like, whoa, you went to 10 days of silent meditation. Isn't that so hard to not talk for 10 days? And I'm a talker and it's like, no, it's not hard. It's actually the easiest part. It's really quite nice. 
Um, and the bonds that you create with people that you go into a room and you and you struggle and suffer with, but you don't talk to them. You just you're just there being present and aware with another soul, which you will recognize as your own when you're present and aware with them. Uh, it's like you make these deep friendships with people you don't even know. But beyond that, I came home and people would ask me these, you know, tell me stories about it. I'd tell stories and and no different than going to the gym and working out. You can't just do it once. You have to keep doing it or else, you know, you can you can do it once for 10 days and come home and have some changes. But in a couple of weeks, if you don't keep practicing, if you don't keep working out, then you lose it, right? So I had to go back a couple of times. Um, but I noticed that there was lots of people that, you know, uh, single mothers, working professionals, people who their mind tells them, I can't do that. I can't fit that in. It would be really good for me, but I just could never make it happen. So, you know, my purpose kind of came to be that, well, what if I just teach you some basic steps and you can use them for two or three minutes a day, five or six times a day when that, when your mind starts acting up, let me just teach you what I'm learning because I just naturally want to share and help. So through this process of me just saying like, well, if I, I know that if you start doing these meditations, even just a few minutes a day for a few times, a, or a few minutes per time, a few times per day, that you will start seeing benefits because the mind is powerful. So I started teaching people this. And during uh, during that, I started recognizing that, like, you know, I could simplify it. And I could get, get, keep getting it more and more simple, knowing that once they see not just see the benefits once their life starts to get you know the wrinkles start getting ironed out because they're becoming present and aware that finding 10 days off won't be as difficult you know to give them that for a year don't tell them they're not doing it wrong don't tell them like oh my god this is so important you need the reason you can't afford it is because you haven't gone and if you went you would be able to you know see your issues and when you see your issues you could fix them going is more important than paying rent right like all that ego I'd be like, well, what if I just help you iron out some of these wrinkles in your life with what I know and, and show you how to make it simple. You know, it takes 10 days to kind of drive it into your brain at a Vipassana. Well, how do I make it simple enough that I can tell you this in an hour, right? Or coach you through it in an hour. Well, if we can, this is where going back to your first statement, the way that I listen, um, for instance, just 20 minutes ago, I observed an emotion arise right? In Asia. Mm -hmm. And then I just go straight at it, right? Let's get that emotion to come up. You're going to, like, everyone's going to dance around it. The ego's going to naturally dance around that emotion. Well, I'm going to let, I'm not going to let you. I'm going to point right at it and say, like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, wait, wait. Tell me what do you mean by that? What does that mean? Is that true? And then we get that emotion to arise. Then we observe the emotion by being present and aware with it. It only takes you doing that a couple times before you realize, like, this is way different than everything else I've done. This is way different than talking about it for two and a half hours with a professional at $150 an hour. This is way different because you are using your mind, not somebody else's instructions. You're using your mind to be present and aware with your emotions. And that's where the whole universe exists. Everything you've ever needed to fix or heal, every issue you've right. ever had is solved in that moment. Perfect. So that's why I started sharing that. I've done Vipassana, as, as we said. Um, I've never done a, a retreat of that that length. Um, 
at the launch you, which you were attended, I shared on one of the slides sort of the benefits of meditation, the sort of scientifically observed changes that occur in the brain. And um, I, I mean, not to uh, take away from the value of what I, what I imagine 10 days of silent meditation would do for someone. Having not done that, it's hard to put myself there, but I imagine that would be very transformative. However, just the fact that we know based on scientific studies and so forth, that even just a small amount of daily meditation really makes a big difference. And I think it's kind of like you, you use the whole gym analogy, you know, you don't, you don't have to do put in a solid, you know, six days a week, five, six days a week of like an hour workout, even just doing a little bit of physical exercise, like taking that first step is a great thing to do. So in in terms of the meditation and so forth, uh, I just wanted to comment on that. And what what are your thoughts on that, on how the everyday person out there who most of most people by and large are not meditating right now in our society? Right. How do we sort of... Um, encourage people to to get on that path without you telling them oh you just need to disappear for 10 days because i think right. for a lot of people they're good no way i'm not going away for 10 days and, absolutely right so yeah i got pushed to a you know a place of depression where i was like there's there's really one option i'm gonna go do this because it's i have no better choice right um but for a lot of people they can't make that work especially now as a non-meditator who's got their issues and they think these issues need to be dealt with i need to be here dealing with my issues when you got to understand that all of your issues started in your mind if you go clean out your mind your issues go with them right but um most people in western culture uh, especially I, I guess is really my only demographic that i understand don't really understand meditation like a meditation doesn't need to be sitting in a cross-legged position with a guided voice with waterfalls like it doesn't need to be any of that it can literally be done any moment of the day all you have it's no different than if you carried a dumbbell around and you just decided to curl it mm -hmm. 65 times throughout the day it's still going to exercise the muscle it's not the way you know it's not typical way of working out a, a bicep but it's but, my way of working out. <laughs> <laughs> right Right. But like when you get to a stoplight and, you know, the, the light turns red, you just become present and aware with, oh, what do I feel right now? Oh, I have, uh, you know, my, my right foot is a little, my right toe is a little cold. Like that, just that alone is you being present and aware with your moment. That is a meditation. That is just a, a, rep, a repetition for the mind of taking that muscle and concentrating it here. And that's meditation. Now, uh, so most people, you know, I've, I've I can't remember who it is that, that quoted this here recently, that most people in Western culture, their meditation is just sitting quietly with their eyes closed. And that's not meditating, right? Because when you properly meditate, what you should be doing is training the brain to be able to focus on here and now so that when an emotion arises throughout the day, your mind is capable of becoming present and aware here and now because you've strengthened it in your hour at home. Or you're 20 minutes at home. But we don't do it that way. Like we all, not we all, but most people here that I talk to think that I'm going to go meditate and that's going to be my one hour of reprieve from the misery of life. Hmm. And we're just going to go and sit, essentially just saying like, for the next hour, I don't have to do dishes. I don't have to pay bills. I don't have to do my hair. I don't have to do anything. That's like their 
I'm meditating, so I have an excuse as to why I'm not accomplishing anything else in life, any of the, the daily chores, right? But that's not how meditating is supposed to be. If you end up uh, deciding that you're going to meditate, your meditation needs to be, especially if you're new, it needs to just be continuously focus on breathing. That's it. You focus on breathing. Yeah. You feel your breath going in and out of your nostril. Then you're going to get distracted. That is like lowering the weight. Then you concentrate the brain muscle or the mind muscle on the on the breathing, the here and now. That's like lifting the weight. Then you get distracted. That's like lowering the weight. I don't know how many meditators I've asked, like, hey, how was your meditation? They say, like, oh, it's terrible. I got distracted. I was so distracted. I was like, that's the point. Like, the whole <laughs> point of this is that you're going to be distracted. You have to go through hundreds of distractions. Mm -hmm. I think that my ADD actually served me in meditating. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I have ADD and I need to talk. I couldn't ever do 10 days of silence. Be like... My brain went through thoughts and distractions and thoughts and distractions and focus distracted, focus distracted faster than most people's because I had ADD. Well, that got me ahead a lot faster because I was just lifting the weight, lowering the weight, lifting the weight, lowering the weight, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, so that is how meditating in Western culture, that it needs to be understood that it's not a time to just mm -hmm. sit down and be comfortable for an hour. Mm -hmm. It actually shouldn't even be comfortable. It should be very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Not physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you should be uncomfortable because you're in this space in your house that's designed for you to take an hour of uninterrupted time to focus on what is here and now. What are these feelings that I'm feeling? The frustration from the workday, the, uh, the whatever's going on in your life. That's what meditation is supposed to be. And that is, uh, that along with another technique for how to deal with the emotions when they arise is all that I teach is how to be present and aware. And meditating is, is you know, absolutely imperative that everybody starts meditating. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just so incredibly beneficial to every part of your life when you do it. It's so beneficial. And you don't need to do it by taking an hour in the morning, an hour at night. Just do it at a stoplight. Do it in the bathroom do it when you're walking to your truck just just be present and aware for a minute here and a minute there as many times as you can remember and your life will start to heal like your relationships will get deeper you will you will your mind will get quieter you will sleep better the benefits just never end anyways i could talk all day about this being someone who myself has dealt with obsessive compulsive disorder in the past we we know from brain scans of patients dealing with sort of the extremes of a mental health challenge where you can't seem to stop doing an action and so forth that in, in other words anxiety that um when you sit with that anxiety through mindfulness we know scientifically through brain scans that that is when physiologically the brain is changing so you raise the point about how it's not supposed to be comfortable but that's where the real growth occurs and quite literally we can see in the brains of a person that that is you're, you're absolutely correct that is where the changes occur when you can sit through those and face those that's where the magic happens perfect thanks for uh, verifying that I didn't know that. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I haven't studied any of that stuff. I just I just did it and it worked and I loved it. So that's that's nice to know. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like uh, playing music or something. You don't need to know how to read music to be able to do it. But it's interesting when you look behind the scenes to see how things come together, so to speak. I don't sure. know if that was a good analogy. <laughs> and Warren, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you? Um, 
I am at warrenzinger.com. So that's W-A-R-R-E-N-Z-I-N-G-E-R.com. Um, also on Instagram at warrenzinger. And that is where I spend most of my time, you know. Perfect. Well, thanks for so much for coming on to our show today. I really appreciate the conversation and what you had to share. Thank you, man. This was fun. Right we on. should do this again. I I feel that we absolutely will. And I, I look forward to, you know, uh, continuing this journey of what you're doing and what I'm doing. And I'm sure we'll have many conversations in the future. So next New Year's, let's get back here and see how much we've changed. Let's do it. Yeah. Make it a date. Sounds fun. So I guess this is uh, the end of the uh, the new year. So happy 2019. Exactly. New year. Yeah. Um, fresh beginnings. Right on. Right on, brother. Thanks, Warren. Take care, man. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you enjoy our content, please help support us by heading over to www.elysiumproject.tv where you can find our soon-to-come e-store as well as the link to our Patreon subscriber zone.